there, and welcome to this episode of Special Unit 352, or SU-352 for short. My name is Max, and this is my co-host Peyton, and we became fast friends over our mutual love of Star Wars. We love Star Wars so much that we wanted to talk about it all the time. Seriously, we did. So we decided to record it. Today, we'll be talking about the second half, second half. of the 1981 Star Wars radio play literally just named star wars episodes 8 through 15 but first peyton how uh, are you doing today thir- well first of all it's 13 13 um, bugger yeah it's 13 um unless you bound to extra episodes or something that would be amazing yeah it would um honestly that that thing is way too short because on my audible app it says five hours and 50 minutes no it's not five hours and 50 minutes or 56 minutes whatever it is it's like the less than that. Um, but no, I'm doing Peachy Keen. Um, not much to report. Literally. Um, was out scalping the whole entire, almost the entirety of Labor Day weekend. Um, pretty fair weather. <laughs> um, my mom made my dad a uh, cake in the shape of a scallop shell. So that was fun. Uh, I left my dad a birthday message. Um, via Mickey uh, from Disney. So my dad got a Mickey message. Um, well, how was your Labor Day weekend? Uh, we've been doing all right. Uh, Melissa has the whole week off because uh, she got an email saying, hey, use your PTO by October 10th or it's gone forever. And so we're like, oh uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, she has been... Uh, taking the whole week and we've just been not planning anything it's been really mm-hmm. nice to just sit at home Relax. with the baby and focus mm-hmm. on family time which is really nice yeah well um I, I know that is very nice really uh just to relax and stuff i don't have any extra news for you at all this week actually to be honest with you except there was some sort of trailer released for a Galaxy's Edge game. I don't know if you caught that. I did not. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, allergies. We can cut that part out. We, we, our listeners uh, knowing any of this kind of stiff flu. Vader virus. Oh, oh the Vader virus. God dang it. That's beautiful. <laughs> what did we think of that? What did we think of that sooner? Um, Drop a trailer for the um, the Halloween special. Yes, they did. Okay, I didn't I didn't catch that on my Disney News app, so I didn't post it. Let's dig in. Yeah, let's dig into the second the second half of the Star Wars radio drama, beginning with Episode Eight: Death Star's Transit. Oh boy! So. What did you think of this uh, <laughs> uh, torture episode, as it were? The acting was so good, it was authentically traumatizing. Oh, really? Who, From... who did... I don't remember who did Leia, but honestly... She, she did a phenomenal job. Now, yeah. this is where this scene... It kept... It was so hard... Like it was so much easier to keep to stay in the moment by listening to her and not listening to Vader, 
Because mm-hmm. Vader lines, Vader's lines in this scene are some of the hokiest, campiest, <laughs> I'm a villain from the 70s and this is what yeah. I sound like kind yeah. of lines. <laughs> that like, it kept pulling me out. Mm-hmm. But, so like, I'm really glad that she really sold it. Yeah. You know, I, I think she did too. You know what really dragged me with this was the sound effects and the music. If this thing didn't have sound effects or music, or Mark Hamill, um, I probably wouldn't have listened to it. I feel like my statement about how campy Vader's lines are, like, mm-hmm. describes my view on most of this as mm-hmm. a whole. Because, like, well, when you re- when yeah. you hear this Han character, it's not that he's a bad actor. It's the first time I've realized, oh, these aren't really great lines. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the heart and soul of the characters are in this drama i and agree I, and I think the actors portray the characters in the best way that they that they can listeners if there are any listeners out there to have listened to these if you grew up in the 80s or 70s if you're old um, that's what he's saying yeah. he's calling out he's calling out you <laughs> that would be people my dad's age but i mean my my dad was already teenage when star wars first dropped i don't know how much he really he really got into i, I feel like he didn't really get into it until like I dragged him kicking and screaming into um, into the 20th century of Star Wars. Um, <laughs> this is the one episode I, when I listen to this, I pause it. I always think, what would have happened if they had just taken this 13-part series and made it into a TV show instead of the episode four we got? Do you think this would have sold? I don't. I, I feel, I, mm, it's so long. Like, I don't know if it would have gone over well with the audience. Like, oh. I like r- story-wise, it's great. No one is denying that. My problem mm-hmm. would be, like, would they sit in the theater for that long? No, 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 no. A TV show. Oh, right. If they made this into, like, a 20-minute seg- segment TV, you know, TV show, 13 episodes, because Lucas always talked about those Flash Gordon episodes he watched oh, yeah. when he was a kid. Um the only thing that might have killed this thing would have been maybe the Luke episode at the very beginning. Because essentially it's a very boring episode. I like I liked it, but like yeah. I feel like it came out of left field because it had nothing to do with the rest of the narrative. Now it only mm-hmm. came out of left field because I know how a new hope regularly starts. Right. So like <laughs> mm-hmm. I was expecting something and I got something else. And uh, it's not to say that it was disappointing. Like genuinely, it was probably mm-hmm. one of the best written, uh, like scenes. Yeah, I mean, like scene for scene yeah. of the series. I mean, I would have loved to have seen the Skyhopper race. That would have been a cool sequence to visually see. And it would give us like so much more insight into Biggs. And, yeah, like B- especially Biggs, and like how Luke is actually really good instead of just like telling us via. Uh, like literally a character saying that he's good. Like we get to see yeah. him be good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They would have to probably add some sort of other action sequence, maybe cut away to like an Obi-Wan type of thing. Sort of like a Game of Thrones style. The first two episodes are technically vi- very little action before episode three. I think if people stuck with the show long enough to get to episode three, it probably would it probably would be a good show. But um, this episode eight, this torture sequence, oh my god! Mm. 
this, I mean, this actually threw me off when I first listened to it because I'm like, wait a second, that's not how it went in the film. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always, I was always curious about you know what happened behind the closed door, but they went all out with this. They did, and they literally they they actually gave some exposition to characters that really had very little lines in the film. Like Admiral Mahdi, General mm. Tag, even Grand- oh my God, Grandma Tarkin. I love the actor that voices Tarkin in this. Nothing on Peter Cushion, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Any more thoughts on this episode? My problem with this one is that it kind of muddies the water about the Force being what it is. Mm-hmm. To me, well, the Force is not mm-hmm. just psychic powers. And I feel like this is exactly they're like they're really just if you just listen to the radio play, what you're getting is mind control and being able to change people's minds. And like mm-hmm. that's m- more than what the force can do. Psychic manipulation, which is canonically like, well, I don't know what Disney canon is anymore, but like in the legends, he uh, Darth Vader <laughs> used Dunmok, and Dunmok was the ability to using words um, or like using threats in general, either physical or verbal. Um, he mm-hmm. could isolate you it's uh, he was like a bard in dungeons and dragons he would use his words to like like a siren sort of kind of but it would be able to move physical space so like uh the scene in rogue one he didn't turn off the lights on his chest he literally used dunmok to darken the room and he could do that and in the comics and in the uh, books prior he was able to cut certain Jedi, if they were one-on-one, he had enough power to cut them off from the Force using <laughs> Dunmok. Now, huh. it's when it's 1v1, the moment that that is that like someone else came into the picture, he then had to spread out his power. But if it was like you and him and a hallway, there's something mm-hmm. about Skywalkers and hallways. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 yeah. All we need is a Leia in the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> we need. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll probably never get it, <laughs> but anyway, maybe we'll we'll get an Anakin actual Anakin flashback in a hallway in Kenobi in the Obi Wan show. <laughs> oh man! Um, let's let's move on to maybe one of my favorite episodes, Episode Nine: Rogues, Rebels, and Robots. A twenty-minute sequence on the Falcon, ladies and gentlemen. With lightsaber training. Lots of lightsaber training that we never got in the film. Yes. And he read uh, Obi-Wan quoted uh, when he talked about the lightsaber. Uh, he was quoting what ended what ends up being uh, the Jedi Guardian Creed. Some of the Jedi Guardian Creed, which is really B.A. and like really in the weeds. So I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. You could thank Brian Daly for that dialogue, I guess. Since he was the one that wrote this. I didn't know there were seven ways. Did you know there were seven attack positions? Yes. The same attack from di- using different positions, like just attacking your opponent's right shoulder, <laughs> is called something different from all of those different steps. Uh-huh. Because it, uh, uh-huh. it requires different foot movements or 
different. So like regardless of the seven forms, there are seven there are seven move usual movements. Mm-hmm. In the same way that like boxing can be simplistically described as left left punch, right punch, but it's more than that. Uh, lightsaber fighting mm-hmm. is seven steps, but it's more complicated than that. And it's nice that he's teaching him form one, but in, yeah. a, in a way, he taught mm-hmm. him form one initially with the stances, and then immediately, because he knew what they were going to fight, they were going to fight the Emperor, he skips and goes straight to his uh, Obi-Wan's preferred fighting style, form three. Yep. Yeah, Sarasu. Um I'm glad that they did this because it was always weird to me that Luke's fighting style actually got so not necessarily good in episode five, Empire Strikes Back. You know, I mean, nothing else later during that particular duel. But I mean, you know, we never see training with Yoda at all, lightsaber training with Yoda. Right. You know, it always fathomed me, too, that Yoda never actually bothered to bu- rebuild his own lightsaber. And that's canon, that he de- he never did? Correct. There's a, there's a chapter in From a Certain Point of View that is from Yoda's point of view in Episode 4, even though he's not in Episode 4. There's a scene where Ghost Obi-Wan visits him. So this is right after Obi-Wan's uh, death. And Obi-Wan is... Still, well, not still, but just beginning to try and persuade Yoda to train Luke. Three years early. Right. And, of course, Yoda did not want to train Luke. He wanted to train Leia, actually. Uh, Personally, I think Yoda would have had a hard time with Leia, because I think Leia has more of Anakin's temper. I think Luke has more of Padme's temperament. I've kind of noted that. You know, I never um, thought about it until you just mm-hmm. said it, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, look at her. She's always screaming about walking carpets and nerf herders and whatnot. So. Yeah, throwing out space slurs over here. Yeah, yeah. I can't call um, them that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's their word. Um, yeah. Any other um, thoughts on episode nine? Anything that came out, you know, popped out of you from Han or Chewbacca or anyone? I liked, uh, I liked, we didn't talk about this before, but what we did Uh do of what in previous episodes when they introduced Chewbacca, they talked about how, um, Wookiees have culturally have a strong connection to the Force, although, like, that doesn't mean that they have more Force users, uh, Force sensitives in their number. It's just yeah. their culture is kind of based around it. Um, right. And that is still canon to this day. Uh, right. In the new video game, uh, Star Wars Fallen Order, um, you go to Kashyyyk and you discover uh, relics of an ancient society um, mm-hmm. of Force users that were more akin to Grey Jedi or like. Mm. OG pre Sith Wars Jedi, and mm-hmm. and they were Wookies, and uh, no, they just built on Kashyyyk oh. and the oh, great, okay. uh, the great life tree, the big one in the center. Uh, oh, the the Roshier tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that yeah. is is 
a huge force magnet. It's you just, mean Nexus? Force mm-hmm. Nexus is what they're called. Yes. Um, man, just talking about Rocha Trees makes me think we should try and track down the Star Wars Holiday Special, the original one, and talk about that. <laughs> have oh, you seen boy. that? I have. I've seen bits and pieces of it. It's Ooh. terrible. I have watched it from beginning to end, sober as attack. And the uh, the main complaint <laughs> I had was that I, that I thought it would be a good idea to go into it sober. Who boy? <laughs> no. Who um, boy? I mean, you can see they haven't uploaded it on Disney Plus at all. So no, they would rather show us the the racist stuff that actually had got good reviews from the uh, from the fifties and sixties before they show us. Oh, you mean like Wars. Song of the South? Yeah, the next episode. So, then? Yeah, is that episode ten, the Luke Skywalker Initiative? So we move from the Falcon to the Death Star, and I tell you, the beginnings. And the endings of these episodes are great. Not just with the narr- the ending narration, but just where they decide to cut the episode off. Yeah, it, do- it does seem kind of not purposeful. Like, it feels like it was like a, oh, well, we, we wrote it all, and then like we'll just chop it up here. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like there was any forethought to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of like these part one and part two movies that have come out. Yeah. I mean, look at Deathly Hallows, Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows. They chose to cut it, I think, at a good point, but they barely gave us another two hours for the part two. We're not here to talk about Harry Potter. We're here to, <laughs> we're here to talk about Star Wars. The, the Luke Initiative. <laughs> um, this is probably my least favorite episode because he had more of the it, uh, stormtrooper dialogue in their helmets. Oh, it's just so it's it doesn't <laughs> translate in hi-fi. It doesn't like I don't know what it sounded like on the original stuff. Like I don't know why they thought it sounded good, but like it mm-hmm. doesn't. <sighs> I mean, it sounds a little better in the Empire Strikes Back, probably because they don't use as much of it. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a rack effect. It it just is yeah. a weird sound. Like, they talked through a keyboard, and they thought mm-hmm. that that was acceptable. Yeah, well... They, <laughs> I mean, they blew all their audio budget on uh, John. get the rights to John Williams' music, yeah. so, like... And, and, and the other sound effects, so we'll forgive him for that. Yeah. Um, but even the John Williams music and the sound effects, even with all that, um, I'm going to say right now, even before you listen to it, that Return of the Jedi is my least favorite of these three radio plays. Really? Yeah. I mean, you thought this was a short? Listen, buddy. Empire Strikes Back is four hours and 21 minutes. Good God. N- not, I mean, that's with, all, that's with all the credits. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Three hours and 12 minutes, my friend. They literally chopped it. I mean, they've added some interesting segments. I won't tell you what those are. Because you won't listen to them. But it was definitely made too too late after episode five. 12 years too late. With no Mark Hamill in 
in there and no Billy D. Williams in there either. Yeah. And let me tell you, Billy D. Williams is in Empire Strikes Back. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I think he was the best character in that radio play, aside from Mark. But we're jumping the gun here. Particular thoughts or just kind of so-so? Uh, it it was just kind of so-so. Like, it needed to happen. It was an important piece. And, like, it, it was... One, I felt like they dragged it out. Like, it's one for one what the movie was. Like in podcast form, it doesn't really translate as well. You know? No, and I, and I think I think this is um, this is hard enough to discuss an audio drama like this in a podcast form. Yeah, um, it. I feel like this episode and the episode after it really exemplify that like different genres, different mediums require mm-hmm. different things. Like just mm-hmm. because a stage script has a script doesn't mean it'll work on uh, right. as a TV series or a radio drama. And mm-hmm. like, they sound like they're, they're the same and it seems like they have a lot of transferable skills, right. but, they're, but they're not. Yeah. They're completely different and you have to thread, know how to thread the needle between the three of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely much darker in some, in some segments. I mean, would you see if they, back to our discussion on the TV show. If this was made into a TV show, do you think episode 8 would be too intense for Disney Plus? Yeah. Yeah, it, really? they, they'd have to like, they would they, they might release it. I mean, they probably would do it on they, 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 would, throw- they would do it on Disney Plus, but they would treat it like it was Game of Thrones. They would like throw all of the warnings at the top like, yeah, yeah, the six-second warning that I got before watching Peter Pan the other day. Yeah, the like, wait a second. Oh God. Yeah, because <laughs> you need that I explanation. Mean, you can't go in and be like, "Oh, joy, the joy of Disney," and be like, "What? I mean, what makes the red man red?" And be like, "Oh <laughs> no! Ow. Oh no! What did the mouse do? <laughs> oh God!" I mean, if they need to. <laughs> If they need to have this six second warning, have it on the kid profile. If you really feel like the kids need to have that on an adult profile, no, just show me the movie. Okay. I mean, Peter Pan, Peter Pan's not, I mean, one of my favorite films, but for some reason, I had the urge to watch an hour and 15 minute thing on a boy with tights. I, and I am, like this year, this year, <laughs> I was rewatching Peter Pan with yeah. Zoe, and I realized that the voice actor for Captain Hook is the voice actor for the dad, and yeah, I, I didn't that. know that. Mm-hmm. Are you going through all fifty nine films in order with her? No. Okay. We uh, <laughs> we did that with huh? Melissa. We okay. we watched all of them that we could find. There was a couple that we physically couldn't. Well, like, now you can. Yeah, now that now we can. This was like Every back when the animated film is on there. That was like when she was even, pregnant. Even the forty-two minute Saludos Amigos and the three Caballeros. Yeah, um, that would be a fun podcast to do. Going through all fifty-nine or sixty by the time we got to it, films and picking apart uh, them apart one by one. 
Probably have to start a whole new podcast for it though. Um, yeah. But back to um, back to our style was discussion. Episode eleven, the Jedi Nexus. This is actually my favorite episode of the whole entire set. I really I feel. Loved- I really feel like this. Uh, was this the episode where Luke Obi Wan dies? Obi Wan dies. Yeah, I I think they did the, the duel. Yes, really good. I mean, yeah, all this it, is it needed that. Yeah, I mean, all you hear is sound, but you know, they put in lightsaber sound effects in the regular audiobooks too. I mean, all the ones that just have a narrator, they still have all sound effects. And it's really, really neat when you're listening to one of the old Legends audiobooks, like Legacy of the Force, and you hear dueling with somebody else, but you don't hear the lightsaber sound from Luke's Episode 6 saber. You're actually hearing sound effects from Episode 2 and 3. One, two, and three. Oh. So they have prequel lightsaber sound fonts, as it were, in these. In these. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the weeds now. <laughs> yeah, as I mean, well, this wouldn't have taken us very long to go through these five segments if we didn't have all of this other discussion. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting. Although they don't, they don't line up exactly. When when the narrator is describing like a strike or a slash, you just hear the saber stuff in the, in the background, and occasional force pushes and lightning and explosions. Um, you'll have to listen to one of them sometime. Um, but episode eleven, I feel like that scene needs to breathe. Like even if they only added like what like seven or eight more lines of dialogue as a whole it Mm -hmm. this is the big bad darth vader versus the big good Uh obi-wan and like in the movie we get like a strike me down and you'll be i'll become more powerful than you could ever imagine swish 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 i mean alec guinness was over it like i totally get that i'm i'm upset about it but i i i mean it's it's only in post he liked episode four. He did not like episode five and six because he was relegated to a ghost form. Yeah. Please. And like, uh, and like, yeah. I, I get that like, they're supposed to be old and not as Obi-Wan <laughs> wasn't supposed to be as formidable as he was. But like, at the True. same time, like we barely get to see much of that. Like this is Gandalf versus Saruman in star Wars form. And we get all of like, what? Like, maybe 30 seconds collectively a of minute dialogue? of like of seeing it happen in the movie it's oh, not yeah, longer than two minutes yeah uh, like them being on screen and like mm-hmm. it's a big deal and so giving mm-hmm. them more dialogue and giving vader more dialogue after trying mm-hmm. to piece together what just happened well that's so good that's it what is it needed. good you know what? And I, and I think it worked out that this came out after Empire Strikes Back because if you're if you've seen A New Hope and if you've seen Empire, 
You already know who the Vader is. Luke's dead. Yeah. You already know that Vader is Anakin Skywalker. Well, actually, probably not. They haven't actually given him the name Anakin Skywalker yet. Um, but the dialogue has a lot of new meaning because this came out after Empire. And even the narrator's dialogue at the end of some of these episodes about Luke's destiny being tied to Vader's before his birth or things like that. You know, that was just, that was cool. Um, Episode 12, A Case for Rebellion. The Yavin episode, as I like to call it. Oh, boy. I like this episode, actually. I I liked it. And again, like, I feel like this gives... This grounds the narrative and gives more of the extra characters that we just see walk past mm-hmm. life. Like Wedge. Yeah. Wedge was kind of confrontational in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Very briefly. He would... Yeah. And Biggs was a big part. And, like, the... And more of the dialogue between Luke and Han trying to get Han to stay behind. Oh, Han was... Oh, boy. Han Han got ugly in this episode. Han was straight up mean in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This was the only episode I... I mean, I I paused it at this episode. I'm like, this is not Han Solo. This is like a mixture between Han Solo and like a Boba Fett type of... Bounty, not bounty hunter, but like just yeah, straight was, up To me, the way that he was written, they wrote him less Han, uh, the Han Solo we got in the movie. So like less Harrison Ford, more Peter like Pettigrew. <laughs> Peter Pettigrew, really? Y- yeah, he felt schemy. He felt like let's yeah. get the heck out of here. <laughs> we Are got sure? our skin, I mean, Vader. Uh, uh, Chewie's the only one that had a conscience. That's true. That's very true. No, I, I like your comparison. Um, well, this kind of reflects back to the solo film. The Han and the solo film. I mean, not to just meet degree. Is there a meet degree? I don't even know that's even a word. <laughs> um, <sighs> but no. Yeah, this Han dialogue. <laughs> I mean, but I imagine if they had Harrison Ford voicing Han in this. I don't think Harrison would have been able to do it. No. Voice acting, I mean, could is, have, voice acting is so different than movie, uh, like camera acting. True. It's a whole nother ball of wax. I'm not saying yeah. that he can't do it because originally no. he was he, a carpenter. The, the man could do anything he wants. Oh, yeah. So, like, I'm just saying it's... Mm-hmm. It is not the same, and it would take so much longer. And more expensive. He'd yeah. probably want, like, top dollar. But, I mean, according to what, I, to what I heard, Mark actually really did this for free. Can he do that? I think he did. If I'm not much mistaken, I might be mistaken, but I think Mark was just glad to do it. Mm. Well, Which like, I, think he, uh, like, I think he would back in the day. Hear you know? it? Like... Here is the rub. Like I don't know how the where the union was. Uh, like, oh, that's right, because uh, radio wasn't covered under the union at the time. Um, mm-hmm. That was recent, like nineties. 
mm-hmm. 90s, maybe the 2000s, they were finally uh, SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, became SAG-AFTRA Screen Actors mm-hmm. and uh, Radio and all this other stuff. So, like, yeah, I didn't think about that. But, like, maybe, uh, you couldn't maybe do that Mark, now because he's yeah, a union maybe, actor. And yeah. you, when you're in the union, you have to... Get oh, paid. no, you can... You can say that you volunteered, okay, but you can't take less. Volunteer distribute, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think Mark maybe asked for like a dollar or got two dollars or something for the use of his voice. I have no idea. Um, this was in Secrets of the Force, I believe, but it wasn't like a very long chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was filled with semi-negative negative comments from certain people that. I forgot the name of um, but we're getting off track again. This this whole episode is nothing but us off track. I mean, it was like three hours of, uh, of, listening. of listening. So, like, mm-hmm. it trails on a bit. It does. It does. Um, I feel like they, at the, be- uh, the beginning of this episode, they let all the NPCs breathe. Uh, like all the extras breathe, and you got to feel what the Rebel Alliance felt like. There were right, real in people the Empire, in the it, in what, the build up to Obi Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker. And I feel like the Death Star fight was crazy rushed, but like there was no other way to do it radio wise. Like there was no other way to do it but fast, and it to like get no. it to come across as urgent just audio like i can mm-hmm. i can see why they did it i just mm-hmm. don't i just don't think so, well, it was they, cool well they crammed a lot of stuff into that episode we got the bridge sequence with luke and leia awkward um we got the tie fighters attacking the falcon you know we had several sequences going on and on um but i guess we can move on to the very last episode yeah Force and Counterforce. A totally audio battle of Yavin, as it were. It was... Were you, how did you like this? The fact that half the battle was you sitting and listening from technically the rebel base point of view. I preferred that. I kind of wish that up until Luke... <laughs> uh, up until Luke starts doing his thing, mm-hmm. I would have loved all that radio chatter. Mm-hmm. Like if I was directing it, if I was the sound director, I would have 100% left the bleeps and the bloops of like mm-hmm. the monitoring computers and like have people walking past behind you muffled and like make it feel like you were in that you were in the like office, mm-hmm. like in the base that wasn't a thing then i even would argue that like i don't know if this is stereo is this in stereo i have no idea you put i mean you listen to this from youtube man yeah so so like on youtube it was mono so like i I don't know if the original had stereo but like that's something that you what i would want to do with it like you can't do you couldn't have done back then i mean if you really want to know the difference you could probably buy buy it via audible 
That's and fair. listen to it via Audible on the phone. Or you, if you want to go out and scrounge for an audio CD from Barnes & Noble or mm. Books and Money or whatever floats your boat. I am I'm not that worried about that question. I'm no. I'm more to the point of saying like what I would I would want <laughs> that but if I were to make it now I would do that but dial it up to 11 and do more radio chatter. Mm-hmm. Um and have like droids whiz by behind you or in front of you and because you can you can differentiate those via audio now and like mm-hmm. stuff that you couldn't do back then. Well, maybe if they ever had, if they had decided to do um, Phantom Menace Attack, the Clone Revenge of the Sith radio plays, maybe they could have done that, but they never did it. There was a call for radio plays back in the early two thousands. Early two thousands. But it would have been good to finish off the the Skywalker saga. Oh, excuse me, we have another trash trilogy. Um, Seven, eight, and nine. Hmm. Well, parts of it trashy. Um, but granted, if they had come out with audio dramas of Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, I probably would have listened to them anyway. And they would have been much longer, and they would have had more scenes because it's way well, less expensive to make a radio play as, than it yeah. is to shoot a triple A movie. Uh, so, mm-hmm. like, right? I mean. They came out with just the regular audiobooks for the three films. And granted, they were like between 11, 10, 11, and 9 hours long. Um, the 9-hour long one just so happened to be The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest with you, they did not add a whole bunch of stuff to it from that wasn't in the film. The only major stuff that I really noticed from reading the book was Luke actually showing up to Leia a couple times and telling her, Hey, you need to use all your strength and technically kill yourself to bring your son back. Mm. Which it would have been nice to actually get some of some some of uh, Ghost Luke. I would some love Luke. I would love more Ghost Luke. So those scenes may may I mean, those would have been nice to have seen in the film. And, you know, for all I know, they could have shot those scenes, and they're going to be in the four-hour director's cut. 2023, folks. Half your Disney Plus accounts ready. (laughs) Your Um, Disney Plus Diamond Pirate subscription. Yeah, yeah. AP. You're an AP. Um, A DP. DP holder. That's it. <laughs> um any any more thoughts uh, on this episode? Uh No, I feel like it wrapped up pretty well. I would have liked uh, one of my favorite sounds from uh from the movie is I have you now. And we didn't get that. But that's no, fine. That's fine. Yeah. It would have added we, we, you would have had to have more of Vader's dialogue leading up to it and that would have been confusing radio chatter. I totally understand that they were like, look, we have to streamline all these ships flying around because we can only do this in theater of the mind. So we're only going to hear the good guys. (laughs) Right. It makes sense. Um, I did. I I think they Luke really showed some 
Mark Hamill. Yeah, Mark Hamill showed some really good dialogue reaction after Biggs's death. Which I, I really, I mean, he's having, do you think he was more whiny in this whole dra- uh, dramatization than no, in the film? I think he sounded younger. Well, uh, this was, uh, like, no, I think he, Mark <laughs> Hamill is a good enough actor, and he's talked about it uh, at length uh, in certain uh, interviews online, that, like, mm-hmm. he's really good at being able to change his age and his weight via his voice. Mm-hmm. So, like, this director, I feel like I feel like it was a director's call. Um, so I feel like they needed him to feel younger to mm-hmm. differentiate. I feel like it was a good move to try to differentiate him from uh, Han Han because back. Han oh. is uh, ten years older than Luke. Yeah, and like I don't really get that he's ten years older in the movies. You know, well, he is. And so like. uh, And so I feel like they made him younger and I like that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he just he flexed so hard. Like if you listen to this episode, the last episode of the radio plays Mm -hmm. of A New Hope um, or just Star Wars. Sorry. And then (laughs) watch those scenes. Uh Yeah. Mark Hamill reads these lines differently. They're they're the exact same lines. They're one to one. Yeah. Uh, except for the additional ones, um, and he sells them. Still, he reads them differently, and mm-hmm. it, they're still so authentic. It's yeah. So good. You know, I mean, and it's yeah. I mean, it's, it's very interesting the way he does that, which really. You know, I, I actually thought it was Luke's or Mark's voice um, when he showed up for Mandalorian season two. I guess it wasn't him. Uh, I believe that it was. They did the not all the way, the, not all the way though, right? True. Uh, they did no. uh, the Marvel uh, age uh, manipulation uh, <clears throat> software, mm-hmm. and uh, but like. They, man, uh, like, it's just so good. Like, when you see someone that's yeah. so talented, mm-hmm. like, uh, this is off subject, uh, but like, <laughs> an, like, Batman. Mm-hmm. I forget which Batman, which 80s Batman it is, but it's the one with Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey. If you write down Tommy Lee Jones's lines on a piece of paper mm-hmm. and i told you that a seven-year-old wrote it you would be like yes that is how you write sentences as a seven-year-old and he <laughs> a grown-ass man <laughs> getting paid how many hundreds of thousands maybe millions of dollars to do this role for this really big tim burton movie is handed mm-hmm. S- lines that feel like they were written by a seven-year-old, by a seven-year-old. and okay. he still sells it i mean it's campy mm-hmm. but it's supposed to be campy <laughs> like it's the whole of star wars is campy but it's supposed to be and so like okay. when you get lines like, like that this. uh like a uh, uh hans line uh let's blast this puppy and uh 
and go home or something. You're like, yeah. <laughs> what? Why? Who yeah. got paid? Why? And like it, Mark Hamill sells it every time. Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford sold it. Same as this guy sold it. This mm-hmm. Leia was uh, an excellent, not mm-hmm. once did I listen to this actress and think, man, I wish this was Carrie Fisher. I really liked the way that this actress played mm-hmm. Leia. They, yeah. they really did, acting-wise, I really do think that they were batting a thousand. I'm genuinely impressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, well, in that case, I guess this wraps up uh, the radio play. I think it does. Do you have anything to add mm-hmm. as a closing statement? I don't, I don't have much in the way of closing statements. Um... I guess we should discuss the next couple plays. So, Empire Strikes Back. That's a 10-episode uh, run. Do we want to do uh, 1 through 5 next week, followed by 6 through 10? We got to? Yeah. Okay. So, since that's a... A bit of an even number. It's a good place to chop up the episode. Um, same with episode six or Return of the Jedi, as you call it, because that's only six episodes. Um, actually, to be honest with you, I wouldn't mind going through one episode for Return of the of the Jedi instead of doing three and three. Um, but you can we'll, we'll we'll cross that bridge once you listen to it. I mean, you'll fly through that one. But um, Empire Strikes Back, probably my favorite of the radio plays. Um, it's a lot darker. I think the acting was phenomenal in this in that one. Not that it wasn't phenomenal in this one. But it did come out in 1983. So it was released like right to the ramp up of Return of the Jedi. So I felt like it was a good filler, you know, in, in the time period right before the last film of the original trilogy. So we'll kick that off next Wednesday. Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you want to chat with us, we do have a Facebook page at Special Unit 352, and our Instagram and Twitter are at SU352Podcast. Please rate and review us on your favorite podcast listening apps because that will help us show up in those algorithms. If you want to get in contact with us, Peyton, what is our email? Our email address is specialunit352 at gmail.com. You can email us about any complaints you may have. Um, if you want to start a firefight with us, pull out your blaster, we'll get our blasters out. We'll shoot first. <laughs> um, I think Hans shot first. <laughs> we look no, forward. No, it was Credo. <laughs> no, it was Hans. We look forward uh, to talking with you guys next week. And as Peyton always says, May the force be with you.